0: It's good to be have the opportunity to share the Word of God this morning. We um, have uh, started this new year, and the real uh, sense of what God has laid on my heart is, um, is this phrase, um, and last week my title was, This is the way, walk in it, uh, and up on the screen hopefully in a moment you'll see um, a, a photo from where that was inspired, and that was Balkan Antararian, and there's these signs as you walk around, and there are um, uh, directions to to show you where to walk and so this is really what uh, it seems God is speaking to us about obviously the words that we've had this morning and the things that the pictures and words that have come have all been about us being guided and led by him Uh, and I had to break it to fans of the Mandalorian last week that the phrase this is the way was not invented by the Mandalorian people um, this is a Star Wars character, and their phrase is, this is the way. Uh, and it's because there are people whose who's choices have to be different to the, the other uh, races and the other people and the other um, species, that they, because they are, they're, they're different. They're the Mandalorian people, and there's a certain kind of calling on the way that they live. And we talked about how, as those who follow Jesus... When we uh, hear that voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it, sometimes it's going to be countercultural. sometimes it's going to be difficult, sometimes it's going to be different to what's going on in the world around us, but we know that that uh, phrase which uh, is actually from Scripture, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, and sometimes... I'm on the wrong, I'm on last week's PowerPoint. <laughs> um, sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where there are two paths. And literally, we have got to decide am I going to go this way or that way? We've talked about a crossroads this morning. We've heard God speak into our lives. And some people this morning may find themselves in that scenario. And if that is you, and if there is a crossroads situation in your life right now, please listen to the voice of God. Make your best attempt to hear what he's saying. Sometimes it's not totally straightforward. It's not always easy to discern, well, is this my mind? Is this the, the, the enemy? Is this God? Well, I want you to know that God will honor you if you do your best to try and discern what he's hearing, using the words of Scripture as a guide and a, a plumb line to make sure that what you feel God is saying is in line with what his word, uh, his revealed word to us says, and listen to his voice and walk his way. Hear his word, walk his way. The Mandalorian, just to go back to this, and I'm sorry if you're not a Star Wars fan. Uh, I'm not a great big expert on Star Wars, but um, we, we have watched uh, some, of this, uh, some of this series of the Mandalorian. One of the things which is interesting about the Mandalorian is he just wants to be on his own. He just wants to do his own thing. He, he just wants to be, have his own sort of solitary company. And then he finds himself, sorry if this is a spoiler alert, um, but he finds himself with this little character that kind of enters his world. Uh, and uh, he was originally, before we knew his name, oh, no, let's call him Baby Yoda for now. But he was originally uh, called Baby Yoda uh, before we knew his real name because he looks like another character who was called Yoda. And this foundling, this orphan, this child enters his world and it turns out that he has to kind of take him with him wherever he goes. And and he ends up in his ship and he ends up on his missions and he ends up accompanying him and being with him on the journey. And uh, the Mandalorian is, is kind of forced into this relationship, which ends up being a relationship of great affection. And actually, as the story continues, we see the value of him having uh, baby Yoda alongside him. And so today, uh, as we develop and we uh, move on in this theme of what we felt God saying, we we felt uh, in these last few weeks, I want to say this. This is the way. Let us walk in it together. Let us walk in the direction that God is leading us, shoulder to shoulder. Let us walk in the direction that God is leading us as a community and together. 2024, so these are... Perhaps some of the things I feel um, on on New Year's Eve, we talked about God making a way where there seems to be no way. And we need God to do that for us as a church this year. We need uh, God to give us breakthrough in certain areas and to light the way and show us uh, and bring miraculous moments and miraculous provision. Amen? And we're believing that God's going to do that. But also, we need to find Him as our way. The way, the truth, and the life that we've sung about this morning... Jesus is the way to the Father. He is the, the Father. We, we want the directions to a destination. Jesus wants to bring us to the Father. And that's what his heart and his desire is. And we want to walk in him. And then the other thing, which is the, 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 the kind of uh, root of what I want to talk about this morning, is walking in the way of Jesus together and developing discipleship. Disciples in Hebrew, I was given a a great book by Liz this week from her old uh, previous pastor, uh, Dave's previous pastor as well, Robin, in Redditch Elim. He's produced a a book called Discipleship. And uh, he highlights there that disciples in Hebrew are called Talmidim. And to be a Talmid is to be totally devoted to your teacher. The rabbis would have been uh, identifying young people um, and would have uh, invited them to come and to follow them and to be their Talmud, to be their disciples, to be their followers, to be their pupils. And this was not just about sitting and learning sometimes tables. This was about seeing a way of life seeing how they lived seeing what it was that they how they reacted to certain situations seeing how they treated people and the disciples that jesus chose were not the same ones that the other rabbis might have been choosing they were a rugged bunch fishermen tax collectors not the usual type of people that a rabbi a respected religious leader would have been choosing to associate with and have with uh, him on the journey. But those are the disciples that Jesus chose. And they walked with him. And they learned from him. And they heard all his teaching. And more than hearing his teaching when he was speaking to the crowds, they had the opportunity to have the conversations. Of, what were you actually talking about there? Lost coin? Sheep? What? what what's going on? And they would have these deeper conversations. And they had the opportunity to, to, to learn and to grow with him. But ultimately... Uh, And this is Robin's book, is about being a disciple of Jesus. Discipleship is ultimately the journey of learning to walk in the way of the ultimate rabbi, Jesus. And that's what it means to be a Christian. So we're all on a journey of discipleship, whether we have given our lives to Jesus and we don't really understand fully who he is. Uh, we are on a journey of discipleship, of of seeking. And if you're here this morning, then you're hearing about Jesus, you're learning about him. Or whether we've been walking with Jesus for 80 years, you're still on a journey of discipleship, getting to know more of how Jesus wants you to live, of his character, of his heart, and knowing who he is. So that uh, the ultimate understanding of what discipleship means, it's about being a follower of Jesus, being somebody who wants to understand his ways and to walk in those ways. But in church, just to explain sometimes, you know, grammar is a bit, you know, can mean different things to different people. In church, usually when people talk about discipleship, what we often mean is the is the opportunity to learn from and to teach others. So it's more of this uh, this peers or those who are f- uh, ahead of us in faith, and we get the opportunity to learn from them, and we get the opportunity to invest in others. Uh, and and we um, are missing out if we're not being discipled by somebody who's further along the faith journey than we are. This faith journey is challenging. Anyone else? Yeah? It's challenging. But we have the opportunity to hear from those who have walked the path, and their path may be different to your path, but the key thing about their path is that they've walked it with Jesus. And we have the opportunity to glean from them and learn from them and take in from them if we take that opportunity but also, every one of us has the opportunity to disciple somebody else who's younger in the faith, somebody who's got questions that maybe we've gone through five or ten or twenty years ago. Perhaps somebody who uh, just has got questions: Who is Jesus? Why? Why do you? And we have the opportunity to invest in others. And the ideal for me is that these relationships would happen. Naturally, we'd identify somebody that we feel we can learn from. We'd ask them if we can have some time with them. Perhaps we could um, have a coffee together. Perhaps we could study a book of the Bible together. Perhaps we could go and uh, do some kind of activity together and I can ask you some questions. And uh, and the ideal might, would be that as those who are uh, on, the, on their faith journey somehow, we would always be looking for those who, who are maybe we can bring along and help and encourage and bring up and help to mature and grow in the faith as well. That's the ideal. That's the ideal. That naturally, we naturally, but it's hard to ask those questions, isn't it? If you're anything like me, it's, sorry, could I bother you? You know, Do, do you mind? But let's, be, I would love it if we could naturally and organically become a, a body of people. Uh, and our connect groups are a great place for these relationships to form. But I'd love it if we, we could aspire to being those who naturally look for those who can, we can learn from. And naturally look for those who can learn from us. And have the confidence in what God has done in your life to be able to invest in the life of another. That's the kind of relationships that we want so that we can all be discipled by Jesus uh, together as we uh, journey. And the reality is that we are all discipled in many ways and in different areas. Uh, Whether it's um, a faith journey or not a faith journey, we are all um, learning and choosing usually who it is that's going to be in our influence and who it is that we're going to listen to. You may have a particular favorite Bible teacher or two that you, you choose to invest time in listening to with sermons online or by reading their books. Um, we've all uh, grown up having people teach us. Literally in school we've had teachers, but in our lives we've had people teaching us in different ways. Our parents, um, mentors in our lives, people that we've specifically looked to in a, in a certain area and said, would you mentor me in this area? Um, coaches, Uh, Authors, leaders uh, and particular experts in a particular field, preachers and so on. And for many people these days, social media is their rabbi. I'm going to learn about the world through this. And we need to have our eyes open and realize that if the influences and the things that we're looking to are uh, not healthy and not godly, then they are going to teach us a way of life that is not healthy and godly. But we're better when we journey this walk of faith together. We'll know that uh, the, 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 the the how we've got a, um, a, a wood a multi-fuels stove in our in our house. And um, I love building a fire. Mimic fire. Um, and uh, I really do enjoy building a fire. Uh, and one thing which is um, which I've, over the last couple of years, realized when we have a wood fire, you have to keep topping it up. You have to keep going back to it. You have to open the door, put another log in really regularly. But when I do a, a, a coal or a, or a coal type fuel fire, you set it up, you get it going, and it it goes for absolutely ages. And sometimes you get up the next morning and just put the poker in and there's still some red bits of fire inside there. Um, and you may have been familiar or heard the, the idea of, 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 a, of a coal that's taken out of the fire. And it may be burning hot um, when it's taken out. But if you take it out of the fire, the, 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 the thing which makes coals burn is being together. And we want to be those who burn together together. And stay hot and stay on fire for Jesus and, and cons pursuing Him, uh, and when we remove ourselves from the, from those from connect groups or we remove ourselves from church uh, attendance or we remove ourselves from those relationships of the people who, who we allow to bravely speak into our lives or you know all of the, all of these things when we when we when we avo- when we avoid those situations we're just moving a little bit our coal a little bit further away from where it's going to stay warm and when it's going to... Uh, and of course, church can be complicated and hard. And sometimes churches have been and can be and are responsible for, for, for doing things that are painful and, and difficult and hurtful. But it's worth it for the journey of dis- being disciples together and following Jesus. And if we're humble enough to accept that we are an imperfect church, which we definitely are... Then we can journey those failures and those things and those uh difficult seasons together. Amen. Amen. So we want to be those who journey this this this, this faith journey together, disciple one another how can how, how can you invest in me? How can I invest in somebody else? Let's always be asking those questions because Jesus gave a what we would oh hang on i've I missed that slide sorry. Jesus gave us a very clear Discipleship mandate. I grew up my, my my early church years, sort of the the, the late nineties. Um, there was a real um, drive for churches to have an effective, goal oriented mission statement, and I see the value of some of that. Um, but I think it's kind of something that we've inherited from the business world, and. Actually, for me, as much as I think we can craft and build something around this, we've been given our mission statement as the church. Jesus has given us a very clear mission. Um, So let's read these words together from Matthew 28. There's three slides. If you're able to see them, read along. If you're not, then please, that's not a problem. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the, end of the, to the very end of the age. Lord, thank you for your word. Help us to live this out, to know what it means for us today to walk in this way. Amen. Amen. Being disciples, i.e. loving God and loving people, and making disciples, i.e. going and making disciples and carrying out Jesus' great commission, it boils down to these two things. Jesus' greatest command, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself, and his great commission, go and make disciples of all nations. And it begins, this passage begins, sometimes we only read the the bit about go and make disciples. But just before that, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore. And what do we do when we see a therefore? We ask what it's there for. So we need to look back up and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You can go in confidence. This is who I am. I'm the king of kings. I'm the lord of lords. And therefore, go and introduce other people to my kingship, go and help people understand who I am, go and, and show them the way, invite them into your life and let them see how I've transformed your life. Being and making disciples begins and ends with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So we need to understand who he is, the one who has been given all authority. That means that there's none left. He's been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And then it, it, it's worked out. So then it says, go and make disciples of all nations. And then he goes on to say, um, obeying everything I have commanded. And it, it's worked out by following his words and following his ways. And one of the things which is remarkable about this passage is that he's talking to his Jewish disciples, his Jewish followers, his people who have uh, walked around with him and heard his, what, what they would have understood as a, as a, as a new um, um, emphasis within their Jewish faith. But he doesn't say, go and teach the Jews how to be the disciples of this new way. He says, go and make disciples of, say it with me, all nations. Even Wales, where we are, go and make disciples. And because Jesus gave his disciples this great commission, we are here 2,000-ish years later, and we're following, doing our best to try and follow this way, follow the way of Jesus. And it's worked out by obeying what he teaches us. In John 8, Jesus had said this, to the Jews who have believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching... You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It takes discipline to be a disciple. It takes good choices and healthy habits to follow Christ. And believe me, I've had my seasons of life and my times when I've made bad choices. And I've had times when I've struggled with bad habits and not good habits. But it takes discipline, good choices and healthy habits for us to follow Christ. And the world around us believes that discipline restricts. But how many of you know that when you make a good choice, it leads leads you into freedom? Freedom? When you make a healthy choice, actually I'm going to get a proper night's sleep tonight and you enjoy the next day so much better or I'm not going to allow my uh, phone to dictate how I feel about my life today and you switch it off, you know you're going to feel that much better or whatever it may be. I'm not going to indulge that um, temptation, that thing which is trying to make me walk down a road I know I shouldn't walk down. I'm going to have some discipline. I'm going to say no to that so that I can make a good choice. And it leads to freedom. The world around us thinks that discipline is about uh, being pushed down and restricted. But we understand that making good choices is about leading us to freedom and the truth setting us free. We need to be clear about some of these things. I mean, uh, Let's be clear about something. As as a church, uh, and as a church that believes the Word of God, we believe certain things about morality and the way that we should live our lives. And the world around us thinks it's the most crazy, restrictive thing that you could possibly do. We believe that sex is best placed in a marriage context, between a husband and a wife who are committed to each other for the rest of their lives. Why? How many people do we see damaging themselves by indulging in not thinking carefully about how how they physically engage with the world around them. They think that we're restricting them, we're trying to keep them free with the message that God wants this part of our lives to be kept holy and right. We want to make good choices and have healthy habits. We think that um, the world looks at us and says, "Well, how how can you sow money into the life of your church? What a waste of your money! You know why? Why would you give money in that way? We understand that when we say, "Well, this portion of my finance, this ten percent, or whatever it is that you give, this tithe that I'm bringing before the Lord, uh, this as I do this, I'm setting myself free from power, money having power over me, and money being everything that I ever need and think about and look for. I'm saying this is this is this doesn't have power over me. This I'm giving this to God as an act of worship to Him, and I'm being set free as I do so from the power that, that, that wealth can hold over us. And some of us say, well, actually, well, I, I can't do that because I haven't got enough. Well, if, if you're generous with the penny out of your pound, then you'll be generous with the 100 out of your thousand. And if you're not generous with the penny out of your pound, then you won't be generous when you have the, the 100 out of your 1,000. We The world looks at the things that the church does and thinks that they are restrictive. We do these things because God knows they will set us free. The truth will set us free. The Jews had believed that they were born free. But Jesus made it clear that they weren't. Further down that passage in John 8, he said this, Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong God no wonder they wanted to stone him these were the religious elite these were the these were the ones that were telling other people how they should be living and Jesus says you've missed the heart of God you haven't you haven't known the heart of God you haven't heard what God is saying we want to be those who hear his word and walk in his way Lord help us to hear your word and to walk in your way. So we want to be a church that makes disciples. This is what it is really all about for us. It's about being a disciple of Jesus, which isn't easy, and it's about helping others to be disciples, to make disciples uh, which is not, you know, it's not like we, we can form and craft them and, and manipulate them and shape them and say, this is what you need to be like. Again, the church has not helped itself over the years sometimes at trying to do things that way. This is how you do things. And, 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 and they've tried to um, uh, manipulate and shape people in a certain direction. It's about helping people to find who they are in Jesus. And to express that. And to know that truth. And for that truth to set them free helping others to be disciples. And I want you to, just for a moment, if you, if you have a faith journey, if you have, are a follower of Jesus, about your journey into that faith or your journey in the early days of that faith. What was key influences in your journey? What brought you to that place of faith? I know from my story, there were people who invested in me. They prayed for me. They invited me. And they brought me, they brought me to a, um, to a summer camp called Stonely Bible Week when I was 15 years old, having already brought me to some things like temping bowling and some things with youth. And they brought me to that to Stonely Bible Week and they looked after me and they, they, they were hospitable and they showed me the love of Jesus and halfway through that week, God, I I I came to understand that I needed Jesus to change my life, to set me free from my sins in the past, and to to walk into eternal life and peace and truth in Him. There were people, and then when I did that, there was this um, a, a family that really took they they, they they'd been um, very. Uh, supportive to my sister on her faith journey, and they, they really took me under their wing, and they looked after me, and they, they discipled me. They helped me to become a disciple of Jesus, and I messed up many times on that journey, continue to mess up on that journey, but I wouldn't be on that journey if these people hadn't invested in me, if they hadn't prayed for me, if they hadn't invited me, if they hadn't brought me. I'm sure there were people who played a key part in your faith journey too. Whose faith journey? How are you going to pay that forward? How are you going to make sure that you're investing in somebody else's faith journey? This week? This week, think, how how am I going to encourage somebody? How am I going to meet with somebody? What am I going to do? And if you are on a journey of walking with Jesus, I tell you something, you are further along than somebody else. There is always somebody you can bring along that journey with you. And, like it or not, <laughs> we are travelling on this Elim Aberystwyth with disciple ship. Sorry for my little play with words. We're on this. We're on this boat. This disciple boat together. Let's make disciples together. And I also want to be clear that it's not about filling seats. It's not about filling a room. It's not about ticking feedback forms that says this is how many people are in our church or how many people are becoming Christians or being baptized or whatever else it is. It's about learning to follow Jesus together. And the followers of Jesus, before anyone was called a Christian, um, they they were described as, they were called those who belonged to the way. This is the way. Let us walk in it. And the followers of the way were called disciples. Disciples of Jesus. Before they were ever called Christians. Just a couple of passages in in Acts 9 that illustrate this. Saul uh, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. This is Saul who we know uh, was later referred to more commonly as Paul. It says, as he went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners in Jerusalem. And we know this man became one of the most inspirational disciples of Jesus Christ, (laughs) whose writing and uh, impact has been felt through the ages. But it was the people of the way. They didn't know. What else do we call these people who started talking about this person called Jesus and living their lives in this amazing community where they're seeing people healed, where they're being generous to one another, where they're living together. And what do we call them? Well, they're the way. They're the people of the way. I want to be a person of the way. And then later in Acts 11, it says, For a whole year Barnabas and Saul, uh, this is after Saul had begun to follow Jesus, met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So they were called disciples, they were called followers of the way, before they were called Christians. Now Christians is a bit of a label, but followers of the way is about a journey. Disciples is about learning and growing. So before we identify or carry a label of being a Christian, which means a little Christ, somebody who follows the Christ, the Messiah, the Chosen One, Jesus. Before we carry that label, let's be people who walk on the way and who learn and grow and be disciples. Being disciples together is not just a name, it's a journey and it is our mission. And so I'm aware that this year at Elam Aberystwyth, we need to be a bit more intentional about how we describe this, how we journey this, and we're I'm formulating some ideas and some thoughts about how we do that. Let's just, um, without nailing all of all of my uh, uh, ideas on and saying this is definitely where we're going, but th- I, w- I would like us to be able to, to intentionally do a couple of things this year. I'd like us to define a discipleship pathway more clearly Uh, so a clearly communicated faith journey to guide new believers so somebody becomes a Christian they know well this is this is what it looks like this is how we do this this is what being a disciple is Um, um, to to develop some discipleship resources and courses now we're already doing some we have some courses and some things that we do in the life of church but one of the things and this is me being brave and, and putting this out there now one of the things I would like to do And that we've started the ball rolling and had some discussions about doing is developing a, a really short series or a series of short videos that help people sit down together and ask a key question. So it might be who is Jesus, or it might be about giving and generosity, it might be about how to read the Bible, it might be about this different thing. And just maybe a five or ten minute video that can be paused for you to ask questions over a coffee, and we can have a little bit of a discipleship journey together. How does that sound? Does that sound like something that would be worth producing and creating? Um, because that would, I, you know, our, this generation talks video, right? <laughs> so we want to be able to help and find help each other and but but this is not be about somebody sitting down they could sit down by themselves ask these questions this is going to be about doing this together the idea is you take this and you do this and listen if i only get one of those videos done this year it will be progress but that's what i would like to do over the over the you know this year and the years that come to 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 have a little uh, thing and we may review them we can add subjects to them at any time and, and, and with discipleship, it's not just a linear journey. It's a cycle. You come round to the same issues as you grow and learn as a disciple. So it might be that you, you, you have a discussion about generosity at this stage, but a couple of years later, you need to have, again, it's just that you're at a further stage. It's more of a spiral than a, than a, than a linear direction. Uh, and so I think these tools could be quite helpful for that. So, okay, I feel like that's something we should invest in. But also, I'd love to see... A clear increase in the importance of everybody learning from and teaching others. Let's start making the choice to have that coffee. that we've. I was at a funeral recently and I sat and listened to a gentleman in his 80s tell me his story of coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And I nearly cried listening to this story. The richness of the stories in this room. The richness and the wealth that we need not just to take responsibility. Not, we, don't, we need to seek them out, but we also need to be intentional about giving them. Listen, if you've walked with Jesus for any length of time, you, people need to hear your story. Seek opportunities. Seek those relationships. Let's intentionally choose to invest in one another. Just as we draw towards a close, I will bring it back round to Star Wars. From the StarWars.com website, what is a Padawan? Sometimes I have a little bit of a joke with some of the guys in the music team and they might not even know that I do this, but I say, you know, if, they, if they've learned something or they've done something well in the music team, well done, Padawan. When a youngling was ready to graduate into more mature and rigorous study, they reached the rank of Padawan. A Padawan was an apprentice paired with a Jedi, Jedi Knight or Jedi Master for teaching and training. We want to be those who are growing and learning from Jesus we can do it together. We can do it as a community and investing in one another. Jesus is our king. He's our master, our rabbi, our teacher, our mentor, and so much more. And a disciple is not just a noun. It's not a name that we give somebody. It's a verb. It is to disciple. It's something we do. It's him we follow. And this is for all of us. There is always someone you can learn from. There is always someone who can learn from you we have a very clear opportunity this week to disciple the alpha course is a discipleship opportunity come along yourself to grow and learn as a disciple and or bring someone with you who you can help along their journey pray invite bring well this uh flyer has gone out on our social media platforms you can share it, you can copy and paste it, you can WhatsApp it, you can um, do whatever you will. This morning, I want to encourage you, be a disciple, be discipled, be a discipler. And in that way, we will walk in the way of Jesus. And we will work towards aspiring to live out the Great Commission and his mandate for you and for me and for us as a church. Can we pray for a moment, if you wouldn't mind closing your eyes? The musicians are going to just play gently in the background, and we're going to just finish by singing that chorus, You Are the Way, the Truth, and the Life, that we sang earlier. Before we do that, I want to give you an opportunity. Is the Holy Spirit talking to you today about being a disciple? Perhaps you've never made a choice to do that and to say, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus. I want to be, that's somebody who I want to be a Padawan (laughs) to. That's somebody who I want to follow and learn from and grow in. And today might be the beginning of your opportunity to start following Jesus. If you want to do that today and give your life to Jesus, perhaps for the first time, then I would like to invite you to just raise your hand so that we can pray with you and help you on that, beginning that journey of what it means to walk with him and to follow him. If that's you, just raise your hand and We'll pray and then we'll continue with the rest of our prayers. There's nobody this morning, that's fine. If there's something that you want to know more about, if you're watching online, it's something you want to know more about, get in touch with us, email, or talk to somebody who you know who is a disciple, and they'll be glad to help you on your journey. But it may be that there's somebody who has been a disciple, a follower of Jesus, but you have wandered on a different way and you've walked a path that is not the path that Jesus has been leading you down. And if that is you this morning, I'd like you to be brave and raise your hand and say, I want to get back on the disciple path. I want to be a disciple of Jesus again. I've wandered, I've done things my own way, but today is a day for renewing my commitment to do things Jesus way is that anybody this morning if so just raise your hand thank you bless you bless you thank you anybody else want to just acknowledge and bravely say yeah I want to get back on the path of following Jesus okay church I'm going to pray for the people who have raised their hand but I want you to pray as well because this is something we do together this is our own This is not an individual journey. This is a shared journey. We stand together with these people. So would you pray out just just in the quietness of your own voice? Just pray for those who are coming to that place and saying, yeah, I want to get back on the path with Jesus. Pray with me now. Lord God, I thank you for these people, for the acknowledgement that they've made, for the brave choice to acknowledge that they've walked in their own direction. They've done things their own way. And today is a day when they're saying, I want to get back on the path of what it means to follow Jesus. To hear that voice behind me saying, this is the way, walk in it. So Lord God, I bless them to thrive in that choice. I bless them and I speak life over that choice to follow you, Lord, and to walk with you. Amen. The next thing about being discipled. Right now, in this moment, Lord, I ask that you would show us who we can ask. Would you just tell me your story sometime? Would you meet me for a coffee? Would you come over for a meal? Would you, can we go for a walk together? I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to maybe ask you a few questions about some of the issues I'm dealing with in my life. Let's be willing to ask those who are further along the journey. Be discipled. And then finally, Holy Spirit reveal to us who we can invest in. Holy Spirit, show us who we can disciple, who we can show the way, who we can answer questions for, Lord. Help me to be a disciple, to be discipled, and to be a discipler.